Special, very special episode, bonus episode of That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock. And that is Rob Elba. And the reason for my somber tone is that uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about the late, great Eddie Van Halen, uh, just passed. And uh, and we decided we talk about it with a uh, previous guest of ours, but someone who uh, Eddie meant a great deal to. So let's welcome to the show, Mr. Juan Montoya. Welcome to the show, Juan. Hey, fellas. How you doing? It's uh, great spending a... Uh, a beautiful Friday night with you guys, even yes. though a uh, little bit of sadness in the air. There is. It is. It is sad. We were all, uh, yeah, we were all sad. And it's like, uh, yeah, one, it was like um, I was saying to Barry before, it's just like musicians, you know, musicians die, but certain ones, they die and it just sort of guts you in a certain way. Uh, David, but when David Bowie died yeah. and like when Prince died and Eddie Van Halen feels like that as well, because he was such a innovator of the instrument and he was such a big part of like you could you know someone you could say definitely changed the uh, trajectory of of rock guitar for sure um so yeah Juan so Juan you did our uh you did a Van Halen uh, episode with us we did fair warning a while back and then you also did a uh did a kiss episode which we're not so proud of but it was great oh, and you're on. a huge it, kiss fan. Kiss, no, <laughs> it, it, it's fine it was good. It was fine, of course. Juan's You're the a huge perfect Kiss person. Fan. You were Juan was the perfect person to talk about. He the was. He is because one. you one thing about you, Juan. You are as far as music. You're. You're all in with music. You just uh, music is uh, is like a big part of your life. Right? We should. I should mention Juan's played in uh, tons of tons of bands and as uh, most his current band is. Um, uh, Moon Destroys. Moon, Moon Destroys. I couldn't think of the name, but Moon Destroys. Great stuff. Great. Really awesome. Good. Uh, yeah, really, really duo. good. So check out Moon Destroys. On Bandcamp. Um, They're on Bandcamp. So, I, you know, everybody go to Bandcamp and yes. check out Moon Destroys. But, yeah. So, Juan, so just give us a little thing. Like, what what was Eddie to you? Like, what was the, what was the special sauce that Eddie brought? Well, I mean, it, it meant so much because it brought so much joy to me listening to those records was the perfect weekend record, the perfect, you know, having a great time with your friends record, the perfect being with a girl and and being romantic and have <laughs> this music to, you know, that bounced, that had, that had this feel that it was romantic at the same time. It was emotional, but it was also rocking. Yeah. All right. So you're more. All right. So you're more with like sort of the emotion and the soul of him. You're not so much because most people like obviously you talk about the the technical uh, proficiency of of him, but you're more just about his of the uh, joyousness of his playing, I guess. Right. I mean, a good combination of both. 
I mean, yeah, he has, right, he has right. so much to offer. He sees different worlds all in one man. He does. I mean, Barry, like you, uh, I know you, uh, guitar, we're all guitar players, but Barry and Juan are, are real good, much better guitar players than me. But Barry, you, uh, when you first, when you heard Van Halen, like you said, guitar players wanted to, uh, wanted to try and yeah, figure, sure. figure uh, out how, how he was doing how it. Yeah. He was doing it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I saw him, you know, uh, apologies to those who've heard this story three or four times or more, but I did see Van Halen open for Black Sabbath in 1978. Uh, and they um, wiped the floor with Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath were tired, and Ozzy was tired of them, and they were tired of Ozzy. And then, but Van Halen were the opening act. They came out, and it was my first rock concert. I was like 14. I had no idea what to expect. It was loud, the loudest thing I'd ever heard in my life. And then this guy comes out, and they, they're playing this music that doesn't really sound like any hard rock I'd ever heard before. And then, of course, you know, as Juan, I'm sure... You know, he just will discuss. He stops, and there's this guitar solo in the middle. He does eruption, and it's like, okay, I have no idea what's going on. I am completely <laughs> right. <flummoxed."> yeah, <laughs> and it was a totally I mean, different. You know, it was a game changer for rock guitar from that point on. It was like, that's it. Everything's different now. Right. What, an, what an advantage because most people have hear it first on record and don't know what to make they don't know what, what yeah. what's playing it if it's human right you know <laughs> but then you got to see it i did before yeah you even heard the record right I did, yeah absolutely i had not heard so van that's, halen that, that's a whole new level of experience right, right. There. but still it shows you barry was still even seeing it he was still confused he didn't know well, how he was I, getting I, this I, out. there were people there that had some van halen merch and paraphernalia and some people with like the record, and so there were obviously some people there that had heard that record, and were there to see Van Halen. But I would say the vast majority of the people there came to see Black Sabbath, and left and were like, went and bought a Van Halen record the next day. It right. was that. It was right. like that, you know. It was like, oh, oh my God. Right. And I, uh, yeah, me, uh, uh, which I've, I've said that me and Barry did a thing uh, the other uh, the other night for some other radio show about Eddie but I did mention in the late 70s like every it seemed like everyone was into Van Halen they loved Van Halen and I was getting into punk rock so I liked the Ramones and the Sex Pistols so I didn't think I I should like them uh, but then uh, I saw in uh, I think it might have been in Cream uh, Joey Ramone they had asked Joey Ramone his top five summer songs and Ain't Talking About Love by Van Halen was his number one favorite summer song. And, I, you know, fuck, if, if Joey Ramone could admit to liking uh, right. Van Halen, then, you know, you have to get over... We, we've said this before on the show. Sometimes you just have to get over yourself and like whatever it is you like. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it's hard to find people, unless you're just totally... Um, I don't know, it's just a total hater that at least aren't going to find some band. You may not love the band and love everything they do, but there's some Van Halen songs that you just can't yeah. deny. They're just yeah. fucking great. Well, yeah, yeah, because that record, really the record where they really hit for everybody was, was 1984 because they had those videos on MTV of right. um, Panama and Hot for Teacher. And the Hot for Teacher video... Is one of the great rock videos, you know. <laughs> it is. It's so great. It's so much all fun. Time. It's so much and fun. And everything fits together. The 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 sound of the music, the guitar playing, David Lee Roth, you know, um, showman kind of uh, personality, and then the visuals and and it, and Alex Van Halen's drumming is just 
off the hook good. He was, you know, very, he's a very talented drummer. And uh, yeah, yeah. Michael Anthony's background vocals, which, frankly, it wouldn't have been the same band without that either. So they all big fit, part fit of together the into yeah, a thing. Really yeah, yeah. It was it was the secret sauce of what Joy Ramone was talking about. Joy Ramone <laughs> is the king of hooks. Yeah. And and if he likes that Van Halen song, you know, he, he you know. The it's hooks are there. The he's hooks connecting, are there. Right. He's connecting to to the hooks and to that. And that's, and that's something what, that Eddie always had. Yeah, and that's what's most important about songs sometimes. You so know? Juan, when would you when when would you have first heard Van Halen? Do you remember like the first time you heard Van Halen? Man, I had I had a friend in the neighborhood who was older at that time and he already played guitar. He started playing classical when he was a kid. But around the time that Van Halen came out, he was able to pick up some of the Van Halen stuff, which most people I knew always tried but never really got it on point. Right. And uh, and he played it for me. And then, you know, I went over to his house, and, of course, he played me the records. And I was hooked. At that time, I was like a Kiss fan, but, like, super young. I was, like, seven years old. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, and I'm like, Kiss was a good start because the songs were all easy. You know, they're kind of like... They're yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. Simple, you know, simple yeah. riffs. Single, you know, sing-along, you know, choruses that repeat over and over again, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, Van Halen just had so much more. I but, mean, but there's Kiss a kid, there's like but there's a ki- person- there's a Kiss tie-in yeah, Kiss- with Van Halen though. You want to talk about that? Yeah, Kiss were my personal favorite because that was my first favorite group, and I still you know I still you know I still love them just because they 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 got me into the music. But Van Halen and uh, bands like Metallica are the ones that got me into guitar playing. Yeah. So right, and the t- and the Kiss tie-in, of course, everybody knows that, uh, and. You know, I think uh, Gene Simmons has been bragging <laughs> about it on the news. Of I mean, course. he's he's, he's pretty I discovered. Sad. You know, I uh, I discovered Van Halen. Right. Van Halen yes. <laughs> but it was so funny because I read this book called Van Halen Rising, and you know, the I think Paul Stanley was the one that invited Gene to go see them. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I and they showed up at the club, and it was like a, one of those smaller Sunset strips club yeah. I forgot which one it was and as soon as they got there you could hear Van Halen blaring <laughs> them perfor- performing and as soon as they got there Gene disappeared from Paul uh-huh. you know Paul's like what happened to Gene Gene you know went straight to the to the yeah. backstage area yeah. just yeah. to wait for them to wait you know to approach him as soon as they got up and he's like sign this I think he, yeah I think he's yeah. <laughs> he had yeah look he at my tongue sign this yeah <laughs> I mean of course everybody everybody was mesmerized and Polly just stood there and watched them and, and yeah. enjoyed it or and, and was mesmerized but Gene already saw the dollar signs you know, oh, right yeah. away he, yeah. he knew he knew if these guys sound this amazing there's there's some work to do and some money to be made. Yeah, yeah, right. There was right. a yeah. um, and there's a Adrian Ballou had posted a, a Facebook post that he actually took down and then sort of put back up because oh yeah because there he was said a people, lot of people there was people like, making stupid know, people, comments people, on the haters on Facebook you know people yeah. but he made this post where he talked about being when he was um, rehearsing with Frank Zappa in seventy seven or seventy six seventy seven. And they were in L.A. 
of course. That's where Zappa's from. And he went out to a club with uh, another one of the musicians from the band. They were to some Sunset Strip club, and they were like, there was this guy, there was this band playing, and there was this guy, and they were like, oh, look, he's doing that two-handed guitar stuff like um, we both do. Except he's doing it a lot better, and they were like, he's, <laughs> <laughs> right. they, were, they were blown away, and of course it was Eddie Van Halen. And, um, you know, another thing that I think we talked about in the episode, and I know we did, was that David Lee Roth actually barely made the cut. That he was, they were going to bring in um, uh, Sammy Hagar, right? Originally, he was the original um, yeah. after because they were going to dump David Lee Roth because they didn't think his singing was up to it. He kind of. He amped up his personal his personality, and then you know, made the group yeah. what it was. Yeah, David. Uh, um, David, he tried really hard in the beginning, in the early days, and this was also in the Van Halen Rising book. Uh, he really wanted to be in the band, but those guys kind of thought he was kind of like the oddball guy. Back then, those guys uh, Van Halen. Dressed like you know, like Heshers, they were like just yeah, like yeah. sneakers, yeah, baggy jeans, and, yeah. and a flannel t shirt, you yep, know. Yeah, David Lee Roth came up showing up with like weird pants, like he probably <laughs> raided his mom's closet or right. something Scar- like that. Yeah. Scarves, a bunch of scarves, yeah. and stuff. yeah. But he, you know, he didn't really have he he had the determination, but he didn't really have the, the talent. He sang off, he was pitchy, yeah. he sang off key, and he didn't really have good timing. And, you know, and, but somehow he finagled his way into being in Van Halen because he was renting them a, a PA that his dad bought him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they got sick of paying him $50 every time they rented it. So they're right. like, let's, uh, just, let's, let's just put, put him, him in the band. The, <laughs> yeah, let's just band. put him in the band. We'll save uh, some money uh, that way. And the rest, <laughs> as they say, is history because he did... You know, there's some early demos. They're called the Zero Demos, I think, and you can hear them on YouTube. And it's Van Halen, but it's it's pre-stardom Van Halen, pre-first album Van Halen. And you can kind of hear the, the, the embryo of what makes them great. But definitely something happened in those when they were doing those gigs and gigging over and over and over again and, and making that first record. There was some sort of some sort of catalyst that happened and it became something definitely much more impressive than you would get from just hearing those demos. Yeah. Well, well, I read that uh, Ted Templeman, this is where the whole Sammy Hagar thing comes in. He heard those demos and he wasn't really, right away he signed them because of Eddie Van Halen. Right. And this is kind of like, you know, nowadays that, you know, no one's getting signed because of a guitarist. Right. You know, yeah. Back, exactly. But but Eddie was so innovative and he was so you know special that he knew he had to sign him, and then he was going to work out the Kinks, and the Kinks was uh, you know, David Lee Roth, Ditch not, the singer, you know, yeah. his his yeah. you know his his lack of 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 skills, you know, of, the vocal point. chops, yeah, vocal chops. But then he ended up doing his homework, and he oh yeah got to the point that he made that first record like yeah because he does stuff right he does stuff with his voice that's also pretty impressive he's got a way of making these weird noises and things so you go yeah it's like a james brown screams you know exactly exactly (laughs) and it all it all somehow it all fit together like you said they're all they're all great musicians and michael anthony had the backup but at the end of the day what eddie 
what is it about his just his guitar playing and his mastery of the instrument that's different because he get I, I know Barry you said this before he just manages to get these wrangle these sounds out of his yeah. instrument that I don't think it, 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 it it's not the equipment it's him it's yeah. his fingers it is it is I mean he's a little guy but every time I've seen photos of his hands he's it looks like he's putting so much pressure on his playing but then there's all this finesse so yes, it's weird yes. like when he's doing the hammering his knuckles are all like you could see muscles on top of his muscles on his fingers yeah it's kind of odd but uh but it's just like i i don't know and I, I no one could describe it yeah. i mean he just puts a lot of energy into it he he you know and and some people are like oh maybe his guitar because because eddie started that whole movement with modifying your guitar and turning into a hot rod right right you know right but you know i've i've picked up a guitar that's that's you know those replicas of eddie van halen and they're supposed to actually feel like his actual guitar okay you know even even to the point that the tremolo arm the the vibrato arm is kind of loose in a weird way you oh. can tell the the screw on it it's kind of loosened up so it, it feels like it's gonna fall apart while you're playing it huh. right and and it just and it feels kind of like it feels like clunky and so <laughs> so but you it, think you know some people feel that oh if i pick up the you know yeah, the, no. the whole the sword this, this incredible yeah, sword or yeah, you know the, the yeah. holy grail or something yeah. they're gonna be able to do the same thing no. no it's like he built his own guitar that's 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 another thing he not only you know started a musical revolution but he created his own instrument that led to this revolution he it's like his first sword and he carried it with yeah him, that's right you know well he had the, the he had the whammy bar that he got this there was this unique innovative new whammy bar that had a, a thing that was so it was lo- the strings were locked in place at the top and the bottom so you could really use the whammy bar and the guitar would, would go out of wouldn't go out of tune which everybody who played a guitar before that you know even Jimi hendrix you see after a song where he's used the whammy bar a lot it's like uh gotta tune it back up uh, yeah, or he's tuning it while he's playing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, because the way they play it, they're almost ripping that arm. Oh yeah, out of the guitar. Yeah, yeah. So that's what's yeah. causing it to go out of tune. But Eddie didn't have that Floyd Rose till I think like '82. Oh really? First, oh oh okay. On that first couple records, I just I think he had he had his homemade strat that he did. Uh, he got from Boogie Bardies. Yep. And uh, and he and uh, a place that Wayne Charvel, who does, who used to do Wayne Charvel, uh, right. Charvel guitars yeah. in Jackson. Uh, he he bought the body and he pieced it together. And I think uh, Seymour Duncan, he was friends with them. That pickup, uh, yeah, helped him with the pickups. And then he just, I think somebody came over to the house while he was painting. It. He was painting, it and he kept on changing the color. <laughs> <laughs> All those different guitars are the same guitar, but he just changed it because so many people were copying the design. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, and yeah, he, right. And he wasn't really fond of that. Like, there was a point where he would play. So, yeah, uh, I heard a story that a buddy of his came over the house and he was painting his guitar all over again because at first it was black and white. But then he said so many people started copying the guitars and even other companies started trying to, like, yeah. cash in on sure. that look. Sure. You know. It, and it was designed by him. It looked like it looked like some weird new wave design. Yeah, with the yeah. white uh, the white stripes, the red guitar with the white stripes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think no, you, but this 
Yeah. But this was before. This was that that same guitar. The red one is the white one with black. Right. The white, black, and then oh, red, and then oh, and then okay. yellow. So he was. He kept changing it. Yeah. He kept on he kept on changing it because people would copy it, and other guitar companies made it. And and if you know Eddie, about Eddie Van Halen, you knew that he hated when people copied. Yeah, uh, that's his the thing. that's the thing right. is though, man. When there were every metal record after 1978, you can hear if that guitar player has heard Van Halen because it'll be like, oh, it's like. Um, a, it's like your DNA changes, and you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. That production, even when we did bad, we did the Bad Brains record, and we said, well, we know oh, this yeah. guy was from Van Halen. Oh, it sounds like a Van Halen record. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's, it sounds like it, all those all those other guitars sound like a bad version of the song. That's, it sounded ex- like, that's exactly right. And this is kind of going to be kind of funny, but <laughs> it sounds like you know when you listen to when when you watch pornos back in the early eighties. I never watched and, pornos. I don't know what you're talking uh, about. Yeah. All right. We don't. Well, we don't do that, Juan. We'll have to take your word for it. Juan. We'll just take your word for it, pal, <laughs> buddy. What I thought was funny that 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 these songs came on, and you could tell they were obvious oh, versions yeah. oh, of yeah. different oh, songs. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that's what all these other guitar players sounded like. Yeah. Like really oh, yeah. bad, cheesy versions of of Eddie Van Eddie Halen. Van Halen. Nobody yeah, sounded sure. like him. No. Nobody. Like, well, nobody. And, and and we should talk about very briefly. Um, he was heavily influenced by... He claimed that he learned how to play guitar by playing along with Live Cream Volume 1, which is a, a Cream album that's got a lot of long, like, sort of blues guitar jams on it. But and he doesn't really sound like Eric Clapton. No. The, the one person that he really had, took a lot from was this jazz fusion guitar player named Alan Holdsworth. And Alan Holdsworth has really had really, really big hands and was an extremely fluid player. And so Alan could do this stuff that sounded like a keyboard or something, and because his hands were so big and he was so fluid, and Eddie heard Alan Holdsworth and was trying to get the Alan Holdsworth sound without having gigantic hands. And right. so we had two-handed to use two, 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 hands. two of his little hands. That's right, yeah. two-handed <laughs> technique to get that kind of fluidity but he does have the same kind of fluidity that Alan Holdsworth had, which is, um, and you know, you hear in Eddie's solos, there's just this, this um, sort of manic, maniacal um, um, inventiveness. And he's always, like, he adds these little weird pick scrapes and these weird little harmonics and stuff. And so you think you learn the song, but then you go, yeah, but there's like, 800 other things that he did in there that you know you didn't get just by learning the notes um right it right. was he added his his guitar playing was almost like this wild crazy laughing crying sound thing you know that just yeah and it, it was all one especially the first couple of records not much not many overdubs either right i mean it's mainly him just playing playing through them well, what the thing is, is uh, he didn't know how to overdub. He was just a guy who played in a bar band, in a backyard right. band. You know, he came to the studio and he's just like, okay, we're going to play the song. He plays the song, but he didn't know how to overdub. So he just told Ted Templeman, his producer, he just like, let's just keep it like that. Yeah, yeah, you know? right, right. And of course, it's and- got that feel that they feel like that. They feel like they've got the live in a room sound of a band playing. 
Exactly. And you know, the cool thing how, how the music was panned also, David Lee Roth on one side, <laughs> yeah. one speaker, and, and, and Eddie Van Halen on the right. Yeah, their production was very influential as well because it's very, it is minimal. That, that's the weird thing about a Van Halen record is those, especially those early ones, is that there is kind of a, there's a lot of space in there and um, it doesn't sound like anybody else's record. And it's kind of surprising that they let them do that, that Ted Templeman let them do that um, because the pressure would have been basically, oh, we're going to do a bunch of overdubs and we're going to sweeten it up. Now, the place where they did do a lot of overdubbing was where? In the in the background vocals. So that's the best. Oh, they'd stack it. Yeah, they'd almost do like a, <laughs> a, huge, like a, queen, like a queen thing with exact, a bunch of... Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So um, that's the one place where... Um, they did do that but with the guitar yeah i think the first couple of records there's there's like mainly just live takes and then he'll add like he might add like uh, um like in some they're like a couple of songs where he does the solo over the chords instead of just stopping yeah, some, and doing the solo right sometimes but then sometimes he doesn't sometimes and yeah like just, you said barry it's just like a it's like a stream of it's almost like a stream yeah, of consciousness yeah, guitar yeah, playing yeah exactly where uh he's just going and and uh, one thing I've always loved is watching him play. He's always makes it seem so easy and effortless, and he'd always have a smile, this big smile on his face while he's playing. So there's just very so much joy. It's a very joyful style. I, I interpret of that smile differently. I interpret that smile as "fuck you guys, you can't do this." Yeah, no one, no, no one could do this. <laughs> look at but me! That, look at me! That's still, that's still joy, though, right? <laughs> true, 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 true. He's, probably, he's just seen everybody's jaw on the floor. Yep. Yes, yes. So, so one. So, just sum up what because I know you were really you you actually contacted us and said, "Hey, let's do. I want to do something about Eddie." So, just try and uh, uh, you know, uh, just what what did Eddie mean to you as a guitar player and a person and his music? Like, what did what did he leave leave you that he's gone now? But what do you feel like he left you? Well, of course, he you know he he of course he he was he was technical. So, as a guitar player, there's always something to find in his and his playing and the music, you know, just to kind of intrigue you. But then also the emotion, the feeling, you know, I think uh, Barry said on the last episode that, you know, uh, his his playing sounded feminine yeah, in a way. That's right. Oh, right, right. And, I, and also, you know, I was listening to uh, somebody mentioned that his mom Asked him, why are you always playing up there? It sounds like a girl crying. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. His mom yeah, even said that right. to him. That's right. But, you know, it's just like there were so many beautiful moments in the music. I mean, you know, it was just inspiring. It just, it, 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 you're listening to it and, and there's nothing but joy. Right. This feeling that, of joy. That's what I know. get. All right. And, so, I, and I started, and I started when I was young, so I didn't, you know, I wasn't even like, you know, I wasn't like people that take drugs and they they kind of like listen to it and they're tripping out to it. I mean, right. just even without <laughs> the drug, even without even without the drugs, it just it's it it gives you such an you know euphoric feeling. Right. I mean, it's it's hard to describe feelings sometimes, but it just it was total bliss and beauty and and inspiration. So yeah, yeah, I I I played my heart out my whole life because of it. Right. You know, there's moments that I'm having a bad day, and you know, 
I sneak off to the to the corner and pick up a guitar, and it's just like, you know, I know what he was feeling when yeah. he, when he went through all that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so and you know, and he, and it's just like the reason why we uh, you know, we're here is because he lost his life. You know, he lost that. Now, now we're you know, at least the music was recorded, but yeah, it's just sad knowing that I'm not gonna get to see him again. Yeah, you man. know. Same thing with David Bowie, and it's just like... It is. It leaves you kind of empty. It leaves you with a little empty feeling when someone that their music meant so much to you, you have a kind of emptiness when you know that, that they're gone. They're no more. Yeah, that's it. You know, you it always was think, so, Yeah. It was so weird. There, I, I had like 20 text messages and, and so many phone calls because of it. And, you know, friends of mine were telling me that they were crying. They were uh. actually crying because... It just, it was so important to to be able to grow up listening to Van Halen. Yeah, man. Right. It just, it, it helped you, it helped you out, you know, figure things out, figure figure out, you know, how, how you find out in life that not everyone's honest and not, not everyone, and it just lets you hold on to that feeling of positiveness. Oh, okay. All right, so Juan, holding your feet to the fire now. What's your top top three favorite Eddie Van Halen uh, performances? Like uh, performances? Top, top three? You know, well, maybe yeah, song well, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, just, I dig it. I dig it. Um, well, you know, weird, weird thing. We're talking about joyous, but even his dark period was pretty amazing. So the album, Fair Warning, the song uh, Mean Streets. Yeah. That, yeah. That, song, that song, he was going through... Uh, the 80s all the drugs and drinking from the 80s and yeah. it just uh, there's confusion there's there's angst in that I think he snuck off to the studio because he didn't want his you know his producer wanted him to write poppy songs yeah you know and he just wanted to do this out of nowhere like he wanted to do his own record so he would get the engineer and he would sneak in like <laughs> at 4 o'clock in the morning and just record all the weirdness that was going through him all the demons yeah. that were going through him so that's a big performance uh, you know I liked the 1984 album just because it was actually like besides the first record the second and third were kind of recorded live lo-fi it's kind of weird you hear the guitar and it sounds almost like muddy and drenched in reverb and it wasn't until like 1984 or even like Diver Down that you heard the guitar be super crisp right. with a little bit of reverb, but you hear all the attack and all the nuances. So, you know, either, either, yeah, 1984, I mean, you mentioned Hopper Teacher, that was yeah. incredible. That was incredible performance. It, it sounded like there was, you could, you could have had a big band play along with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. right, right, song. right, yeah. You know, all the stops and pulls and all that stuff, it just, yep. it took you everywhere, man. And when he jumped on top of the table <laughs> in the video and he walked across oh, all the yeah. kids on top of the table, I yeah. mean, come on, man. Yeah. He was, another, he was at another level of coolness. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, jeez, uh, uh, there's a song called I'm the One. Oh, yeah. That's, that's like, CC Top on steroids. Yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of people mention that song. I'm the one. Like a lot of people, like different people, like people like uh, into like punk rock and things like that that you wouldn't think uh, would be that into Van Halen. And I've been reading that a lot lately. A lot of people mention. Oh man, that. you know, and I'll tell you something about that song. I've been I've been trying to pick it up. I've been trying to learn that song just to kind of like yeah, 
you know, when I become a dad, I kind of like, I, I have to put the guitar down a little bit more often and carry the, carry a baby instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> such a buzz, kids are such a buzzkill, aren't they, Juan? <laughs> Uh, we love Jade. We love you, Jade. Jade, happy birthday, Jade. I love you. Happy oh, that's birthday. right. It was just her birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. She's awesome. But, uh, you know, I tried, you know, I, I, I bought a, a, a Nero guitar this past year, and I'm just like, and it came with a Floyd Rose, and I haven't had a Floyd Rose uh, since I was like 15. So yeah. I'm like, let me just, you know, play some of the music that, I, that really brought me joy when I was a kid and, uh, and, le- and try to learn it. Dude, and I learned I, I learned a good portion of the song, but then I heard the isolated track yeah. of, of I'm yeah. the One yeah. on YouTube. And then I talked to this other friend of mine who actually knows how to play, and he goes, dude, you gotta get the swing. It's at 100 miles an hour, 150 miles an hour, but you gotta get the swing, and he doesn't fall off. It's like incredible. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and then he played it for me over, over like FaceTime, it's got Harold Trickle, this phenomenal, phenomenal younger guy who, who who understands all that Van Halen stuff. And he's like, dude, even during the solos, he's doing accents along with the drums. That's right. The, yeah, yeah. Other people don't That's get. the thing. So, so I learned a little bit of the song, but then I realized because of what he told me that I got to start all over again. That yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's just, it's just the, the, Every how much is crammed into every nuance of the song of, of what he's playing is some there's some little thing extra that he's doing all the time to that makes it more interesting and different and makes it sound like him. That's not just a guitar part. It's this you know a- animal, this living animal. Yeah, it, it's 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 something else. And then uh, another song that I truly love. All right, I love bonus. It. This is your bonus one, so go ahead. You already named bonus. three, but go ahead. Give me a bonus I mean, I, one. Go ahead. Dude, I'll, I'll <laughs> give, dude, I'll give them to you all night. Well, no, this is your last it's one. Friday so night. Make yes. it a good one. Make it a good one. Your last the band one. is playing. Waitress is here. The tinkling <laughs> yeah, yeah. of the glasses and the cash right, register. Right. Uh, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Well, dude, <laughs> you know, we were talking about Joan Ramon and, and Melody, uh, little guitars. Little guitars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It start. It starts with this really cool like Spanish sound intro you know flamenco I think he was yeah. listening to yes. Carlos Montoya that's right great last name that's yeah. a great ah, last name it is <laughs> yeah the flamenco guitarist and then uh, and then the song goes into a, a rhythm and it comes in with this funky guitar and all these like beautiful chord voicings like most most guitars especially like the punk rock guys you know they're doing power chords. This guy's doing like really hard-edged chords, but like buzz songs. Yeah, and they sound they sound beautiful. And then the, the the song itself has so much melody, and it's half in Spanish and half in English. You know, the senorita parts or something. Right. And it's just like everything's perfection about the guitar. This came out in Diver Down. Right. You know, 1982, I believe, or 83. Yeah, yeah. And. And it's you know, and and in this album, everything's pretty much a cover. I think they just wanted to; they were going to release a single, but they ended up doing a whole cover, covers album. But then this was one of the original ones, and it kills all the covers. It's phenomenal. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right, awesome. 
All right. Well, Juan, thank you very much. This was uh, this was really nice to get together and do this little thing in honor of uh, of EBH. Uh, we appreciate that. Don't forget, um, check out Juan's band uh, Moon Destroys on Bandcamp. And Juan, you're also we haven't mentioned you're an amazing artist. So where's the best place for people to find your art and check it out? Oh, you could follow me on Instagram at Montoya Black Magic, and uh, Moon Destroys is also on Instagram. Uh, Yes. So come say hello. Come check out the photos. Listen to the music. Be part of the gang. There you go. Awesome. All right. I love you, Juan. Thanks a lot. Yeah, this man. Was a lot thank of fun. you. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Great. Eddie, I love you. Yeah, we, we all do. <laughs> all right. Yes. Rest in power, Eddie. All right. That's good. This is uh, this has been that a special bonus episode of That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock. And that is Rob Elbong. And we will see you guys again. We're out. <laughs> <laughs>